4: Who's to blame? They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith,
0: and I am
4: The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we'll be discussing one of the world's most horrific disasters, Cats the movie. Here's what you need to know. The 2019 film adaptation of the musical Cats is one of Hollywood's biggest disasters financially and artistically. But how is it that one of Broadway's most beloved and successful musicals could turn into such an epic embarrassment? Cats is a fully sung, dance-centric musical composed by the prolific musical theater composer Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's based on the 1939 poetry collection by T.S. Eliot titled Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Originally written for his godchildren, the book is a collection of whimsical poems about a variety of cats
6: he is quiet and small he is black from his ears to the tip of his tail he can creep through the tiniest crack he can walk on the narrowest rail he can pick any card from a pack he is equally cunning with dice he is always deceiving you into believing that he's only hunting for mice Following the commercial and critical success of his previous musical, Evita,
4: Lloyd Webber was searching for his next project when he remembered the book his mother read to him as a child. Lloyd Webber, who is a huge fan of cats, combined the theatrical elements of review and concept musical with Elliot's fanciful stories about his favorite pet.
2: Are you blind when you're
5: born? Can you see in the dark?
2: Can you look at a king? Would you sit on his throne? Can you say of your bite that it's worse than your bark? Are you cock of the pork?
4: When you're walking alone And thus, Cats the Musical was born. The show tells the story of a tribe of cats called Jellicle who have all come together in preparation for the Jellicle Ball, which happens once a year. At the ball, one jellical cat is chosen to be reborn. The main jellicals, with curious names like Rumtum Tugger, Jenny Anydots, Bustopher Jones, Rumpel Teaser, Skimbleshanks, Grizabella, and so on, each get a moment in the spotlight to show off their skills and personalities, all in hopes of being the lucky cat of the year. But a fight between the conniving Macavity and Old Deuteronomy ensues, and Old Deuteronomy later gets kidnapped. The good cats help rescue Old Deuteronomy, and then Grizabella sings the showstopper, Memory. Her performance puts her over the top, and she gets picked to go up into the sky, presumably so she can have another life. At first, producers were skeptical about how the show would be received. Being that it was experimental for its time, it barely had a narrative, and none of the cast were celebrities. But against all odds, the show was a commercial success. After 21 years on West End and 18 years on Broadway, Cats finally closed with the title of the longest running musical of its time. Cut to the 2000s, movie adaptations of musicals like Chicago, Les Mis, and Dreamgirls were all on the rise due to their massive box office appeal and significant award recognition. It was only a matter of time before Hollywood would get its hands on cats. Initially, it was acquired in the 90s by Amblimation with plans to make an animated adaptation, but that fell through after the studio was closed. Eventually, Universal Pictures acquired the rights, and in 2013, Weber announced the film was in development. In 2018, its A-list cast was announced, including Judy Dench, Jennifer Hudson, Idris Elba, James Corden, Rebel Wilson, Jason Derulo, Ian McAllen, and Taylor Swift, to name a few, in lead roles. Swift and Lloyd Webber were set to collaborate on a new song for the film. It was one of the most anticipated films of
5: 2019.
4: Until the trailer came out. On July 18th, 2019, Universal Pictures dropped the trailer for the movie to the horror of musical theater fans everywhere. Then, on December 20th, the film was released. Audiences were bewildered and horrified to see their beloved musical reduced to one of the worst films ever made. Critics obliterated the film with headlines like Cats is a catastrophe," a Broadway musical adaptation straight out of the litter box, and, my favorite from Cosmopolitan, the Cats reviews are bleak AF and literally everyone is scarred for life. Terrible word of mouth amongst moviegoers gave the movie its final blow. It was an absolute flop at the box office and the laughing stock of Hollywood. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. Cats was a passion project of Andrew Lloyd Webber's. In order to secure the necessary funding for the show to open in London's West End, Lloyd Webber took out a second mortgage on his house. According to Playbill.com, Lloyd Webber did not intend memory as a song for Cats. He wrote it in the style of Puccini for a show he had intended to compose about the writing of the opera La Boheme. That musical never came to be, but Lloyd Webber later repurposed it for cats. Grisabella the Cat is not found in T.S. Eliot's Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. The character is based on an unpublished poem of Eliot's that he deemed too sad to include in his children's book. Lloyd Webber included it in the musical in an attempt to create a character with an emotional throughline that would eventually sing the showstopper. Dame Judy Dench, who plays Old Deuteronomy in the 2019 film, was also in the original London production of Cats, playing the roles of Grizabella and Jenny Dotts. Cats is one of the highest-grossing Broadway shows of all time, and it's thought to have attracted over $3 billion in revenue for New York City. In 1983, the original Broadway production of Cats won seven Tony Awards, including Best Musical and Best Original Score. It also won the Laurence Olivier Award for Best New Musical. Cats the Movie received zero Oscar nominations. And with us today, we have Jellicle Cat producer Amanda. Meow. Jellicle Cat fact checker Chris Smith. And our very special guest, the very famous Jellicle Cat, Matt Gorley.
1: Oh, yeah.
4: (laughs) Wow. What a group. I'm so excited to uh, have you, Matt, for this episode because we're very divided households. You guys are cats and we are dogs. <laughs> That's
2: true. To I mean to the day we die, right? But by association,
1: you guys have to be fans of Cats the musical just like we have to be fans of Beethoven. And um, all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. In
4: all fairness, I think we have more to choose from.
1: If you're a lizard um, person, you're f- you're up the
2: river. Yeah, reptile people. You're are. not. Yeah. And you've got Rango, and that's that's about, about
6: it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we could do a whole episode on if we wanted to continue on the cat theme. Maybe transition the alarmist to only cat dis- uh, related disasters. On that movie, I've always wanted to see, but I never have, where Kevin Spacey and a cat trade bodies. <laughs>
2: Excuse like, me. That's right. There's no there's way film. that's no. a movie. Where, yeah, he gets put into a cat's it's body. A body or?
6: swap comedy, a family comedy. No Kevin way. He's like a like a mean ad exec, and and he swaps bodies with like a fat cat. Okay. And then Kevin Spacey voices the cat in her mom. This was a. Is it
2: a body swap, or he just end up in a cat? Because I don't think there's a version where, where a Kevin Spacey's walking around licking his paw and cleaning his ears.
4: Boy, they really ran out of ideas in the '90s. No, right?
2: this was definitely this w- not. This was a a movie. like one of his last movies. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, my
1: god. No, Wait, this was a fever up. dream you guys had together one night. This was not oh, my real.
6: No. Not some sort of role play we do. <laughs> <laughs> look it up. Can fact you look it right? up, Chris? Jesus,
1: we Christmas.
4: need to know. There's
1: no. I don't want to know that that movie exists. <laughs> okay, IMDb. That movie, Dad.
4: It's okay. It's called Nine Lives.
1: A stuffy okay. businessman finds himself trapped inside the body of his family's cat. Oh boy. Oh my God, you guys, can we please
2: watch this? We might have to.
4: Let's talk about our experience uh, watching this film because we, I have actually seen the staged version. It was the first play I ever saw in my life uh, on Broadway, which was like when I was 13. And I was so excited because I was a real theater geek and I fell asleep.
6: Well, there's no plot. So it's probably the perfect movie or play to fall asleep during. Yeah, Yeah. you're only going
2: to miss one cat saying, here's my name and here's what I do. I eat dice. How about you?
4: I think you wrote it. I think you wrote it. (laughs) Um, I think we should start by uh, putting director Tom
2: Hooper up on the board. And then just end it right there.
4: (laughs) Here's what I have to say about Tom Hooper. I think we put him in for taking the musical which was it which is a dance theatrical spectacle singing spectacle and he changes it to a film that highlights cat's realism. Mm. So the, the problem is it, it it's still a musical which is one of the most unrealistic mediums of all. Like how many people do you know that express their big emotions through song and dance in real life which well. is what musicals are are meant to do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I, in my opinion, you pick either one or the other. And if it's the other, then don't have them sing and dance.
6: Yeah, well, it was just confusing to me because I'm looking at people and they have everything's like halfway there. And I know in the stage version, it's like, you know, you're watching actors and they're dancing around like dancers. Um, and it's kind of like there's a higher suspension of disbelief, but in the movie it's just, there's they didn't take it far, far enough one way or the other, and you're left with this really upsetting middle ground where you have someone who has, like, really good CGI ears, but then they have human hands, <laughs> and, like, it was just, like, this upsetting middle ground for yeah, me. Yeah, it's
2: almost like they Frankenstein, like, 100% human hands and face, and then 100% cat ears and Body, Mm. and it was this kind of like the. And they all you said that they kind of seem like aliens and they they walk like velociraptors instead of cats.
1: And there's also, and I'm really gonna put myself out on the limb here and say this, but there was a confused sexual energy that I I did I couldn't quite grasp either. Like, I felt like I was meant, were we supposed to find them attractive? (laughs)
4: did I think you can answer that for yourself, Chris? Did you find
5: them attractive well, why
1: were they it was like weirdly sexually suggestive and i and i and I did a little research and read. Some stuff about how, like, that was part of the musical appeal, too, was like this weird sexual energy a- about these
2: cats. Like, there was yes. kind of got that Bob Fosse, yes, live, everything's kind of writhing and sensual. I think you're right. Yes. This period of the late 70s and the 80s, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
6: Um, now going back to the director, because obviously he's up on the board, right? How much did Tom Hooper have to do with these creative choices, Rebecca. Well, you, do you he's a big he's a big part of it. You know,
4: the reason, from what I uh, read, was that he was the choice to be the director because uh, the studio was so. I guess impressed with his version of Les Mis, the movie that had just come out a a few years before and had you know swept the uh, Oscars, and it was a financial success. So they were like, "We want do what you did there." do that here, too. And his whole thing, which, you know, whether you you think that he's a good director or not for musicals, his whole thing is that he takes these musicals and tries to put them in film in a a very realistic way.
1: Well, in Les Mis, he recorded the audio um, live performance right so that it wasn't sort of recorded in a studio and then they lip sync during the performances he recorded live and that was like one of the couple of plus those tight shots up those close ups and all
2: that stuff so and some of that works better with Les Mis because it's built in the human world (laughs) yeah. when you're making the huge leap to cats having a society where they choose who's reborn it's a little hard to ground that it is
6: an uphill battle Yeah. yeah (laughs) <laughs> Going off of his success with Les Mis, I just have a suggestion of perhaps putting Anne Hathaway on the board. Oh, Love it. because her performance in Les Mis is what elevated that movie to being, you know, Oscar worthy. If we didn't have that, there's a great chance that we would not have
4: had mm, cats.
2: Yeah. Especially since they tried to repeat that exact same thing with Jennifer Hudson.
4: <laughs> yes. I-, I found this rogerebert.com review, which puts it nicely. Hudson does not disappoint. Filling the lyrics with rage and pathos. Watch what she does with I must wait for the sunrise. Hudson's Grizabella is pissed when she sings that. Hudson makes sense of her character, personalizes the character, and sings the hell out of the song, all while wearing a cat suit. That's a pro.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I think generally none of the performers here are to blame, except for maybe one or two. To well, do in their own. Yeah.
4: Thing. I, uh, yeah. There's a few. There's performers. a few. I have,
2: yeah. I have a bit of a. Uh,
1: I want to push back against that idea just ever so slightly. I think that the, Je- the fact that Jennifer Hudson exists and the fact that the studio knew they could play the Jennifer Hudson card mm. basically saying, okay, this can- movie can be a total disaster, but if Jennifer Hudson can sing Memory. Like it might be worth it.
4: Okay, so let's oh, put benches. her up on the board, but I can already tell you, you can't blame Jennifer Hudson for being a powerhouse.
1: No, you can't. You
4: know, I think we can put, we need to put some other stuff up on the board. And I would like to put the addition of a plot that was never there.
1: Mm.
4: Now, interesting. According to LA Times Ashley Lee article, um, Cats doesn't have much of a plot because it's a concept musical. She's referring to the stage play, uh, which foregoes the traditional story structure of a linear plot in favor of vignettes that collectively discuss a shared subject. The scenes don't necessarily build narratively, instead, they complement one another intellectually or emotionally. On-screen equivalents arguably are multi-arc movies like Love Actually, He's Just Not That Into You, and Valentine's Day, as well as television shows like uh, Netflix's Black Mirror and Amazon's Modern Love. Now, the tension, minor as it may be in the stage musical, this is now just my thoughts... Uh, focused on finding out which one of the cats will get reborn. But in the film, they shifted it to be about Victoria, who's a kitten who gets abandoned and who's, I guess, trying to figure out where she is. It's, I guess it's a little unclear, really, in the film. But (laughs) we're supposed to care about Victoria. Now, for the record, the role of Victoria is a very small part in the stage musical, she has a small dance number, has no musical solo, so she never sings, and there's also this uh, subplot so so another thing they added into the film was this subplot of McCavity. they They kind of like pose him as this antagonist who's trying to get rid of all of his competitors by I guess disappearing them and then reappearing them in on a Light ship..
2: Going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And then they appear in the middle of the Thames,
6: and yeah. uh, naturally to the
2: docks. <laughs> to the docks with yeah. you. What was that called? The heavy, uh, heavy. Place? No, that
6: they want to get to the heavy-sided place, right? That's what heaven is.
2: Oh, <laughs> I thought they were e- banished to the heavy side.
6: No, I think the heavy. Chris, will you look that up? I yes, think I believe it's like the heavy-sided place <laughs> is heaven, and then they, the people who got banished, were just on a boat. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so i mean this is not part of the show this was added
6: again they didn't go one way or the other they half-heartedly wrote in this very thin plot and it's almost like it would have been way better if a they either reimagined the whole thing to actually make it make sense or they just let it be what it was which was just like a bunch of people cats dancing around willy-nilly um and so i understand so i have uh and like a forced edition of a plot. I put that up on the board, but I wonder if there's anything else like that's coming trickling down from the studio system or
4: how about square peg into a round hole syndrome. Ooh. Okay. I just made that up. But it's like why are you trying to make it fit into the traditional like movie arc or 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 movie narrative when it's just not that?
3: Mm.
6: Another question you could ask is, why didn't the original musical have a better plot?
2: Yeah, well, because Andrew Lloyd Webber took these from a series of poems, but basically did a musical of that. It's just a review right. of different little vignettes and poems. So if he was able to do that, why can't you theoretically could put that up? Especially when Webber did this in what year? 80 or mm-hmm. uh, 79? 80. It,
4: 80. I think 80. 81, yeah. I believe. So, no, like, sorry. Was a... It was late 70s
2: on the heels of this was popular because it was Sondheim's company and working by Studs Terkel, these were like vignette musicals. And there's also this show on TV called love American style, which every episode was just little comic sketches about love and marriage and guest stars would cycle through every episode. And there was no like unifying plot or theme. It was just hmm. little love joke after love joke. And, this was just kind of something that was big at the time, but I wonder if he thought that would never play today.
4: You guys do bring up a good point. I think we can also throw in Andrew Lloyd Webber himself.
1: Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, I mean. He's front and center. I'm, my I'm looking book. at you. At <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm gunning for you, Webber. Oh. The, now- <laughs> by the way, the, uh, it's called the heavy side layer. The heavy side okay. layer that the Jellicle cats want to get to for some reason. We don't even it's not like an inviting name for a place you want to get to, like a heaven <laughs> called the heavy side layer. And it's not Lair, it's layer, L A Y E
6: R. Oh, that's bad. Oh,
2: I don't understand.
6: I, I don't understand why all those cats have death wishes either. It's really
4: it's, dark.
2: It's that they get reborn.
6: Yeah, they get another life.
2: Uh, I know. Me too.
4: Exactly.
6: I don't like
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think. Matt makes a good point, though, in terms of and maybe this goes on the board, maybe not. But the modern audience, right? The idea of a review, which is what this is. We've been so spoon-fed so much well-run story and garbage that we
2: just But we didn't even get the chance, thanks to Tom. Yeah, he didn't trust <laughs> right. us enough with
1: it. I guess that's the studio's assumption that a modern of a modern audience. I guess maybe well, that's a little. We have to put the
4: studio. Or yes. Uh, Well, yes, we have to put the studio up and I have a good case for them. But before we get to the studio, I even want to just give a little thing about Andrew Lloyd Webber, Webber because I have an opinion about him.
1: Let's talk Webber.
4: Now, there's a lot of people that are going to disagree with me, but I think Cats is a bad musical, period. And (laughs) Okay. I I, Okay, I wrote this down. um, And it's very poetic. This was my it really captured my feeling. Um, You can't make a beautiful fruit tart if the only ingredients available to you are poop. That was I was inspired. (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know. But it made sense to me at the time. Like,
6: is poop the cat's?
2: Is that the musical or the poem? You, Rebecca
1: was up really I, late the other night. This might have been what was going on. Apparently pooping.
6: She, yeah, she's, it's, cats can really get into your head, Rebecca. <laughs> I,
4: look, I, I'm i not saying that the musicals shouldn't be per se. Like, obviously, there's a market and to each their own, like whatever. But it's not a good play. And yeah. it's okay to like Thank bad you. things. And that's fine. That's totally cool. But it's bad. <laughs> And now let's take a quick break to speak with our guest expert, Dr. Melissa Click, communication studies professor and editor of the book Anti-Fandom, Dislike and Hate in the Digital Age. So the reviews for Cats the Movie are really from bad to worse. In your opinion, what is it about Cats the Movie that resulted in so many people jumping on the hate wagon?
5: I would say a couple of things when I am interested in something that people dislike, I think about who's the target audience. Is there something about the audience that people might hate who created it? Cause we certainly seen things that were created and people come after them cause they hate that person who was in it. Is there a star in it that, you know, people really don't like, um, how popular was it? We tend to see hate and dislike as well as love and like, um, directed more at things that are blockbusters than things that, you know, just kind of blow over and nobody cares? How was it reviewed? And I think you have some great headlines there for how it was reviewed. And then what did it replace, displace or outpace? So was there something, uh, you know, like folks said at Comic-Con, Twilight ruined Comic-Con because now girls and women were there. So is there something it displaced? Um, And then what's the target of the hate? And so... With Cats, you know, uh, the, the uh, Broadway show is one of the highest grossing shows of all time. It's won seven Tony Awards. Is it possible that the, the problem here is in the adaptation of it? It's clearly a beloved play. When it becomes a movie, does it not translate? That could be it. Listen to our entire interview with Dr. Melissa
4: Click on Thursday's episode of The Aftermath. Now back to our conversation.
2: There's probably a a reason to put T.S. Eliot up here, but I've now looked at a couple of those poems, and I think you can't blame those, really, because he was just making poems for kids, and they're kind of fun and clever. And he spells gone, G-O-N-E-G-A-W-N, and I'm having fun.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will just to make a case against T.S. Eliot real quick and his estate. And I don't know if you're touching on this, but basically, what I've learned is that he, um, his estate was really precious. His wife, right, was really precious about what to do with those poems because they were approached by multiple places wanting to adapt them into like maybe a a Disney movie. Um, But the only person he gave the rights to was Andrew Lloyd Webber to make it into like a weird sex musical. Yes. Well, that was
2: his wife. His wife, T.S. Eliot. His wife. His widow. Yeah. I
6: think we put his widow up
2: okay t.s
4: elliot yeah. her name is valerie elliot and mm. she had the opportunity wasn't
2: dreamworks gonna do one too i think uh Amblin.
4: amblin yeah. yeah it's the animation amblin yeah that's right the way that that it was pitched to her by lloyd weber was that it's the book meets hot gossip now, Hot Gossip isn't just the idea of Hot Gossip. It was a late 870s <laughs> and 80s dance troupe who also sang backup for Sarah Brightman who was hot at the time and they had this like sexy risque uh 70s 80s vibe.
2: Didn't did Sarah Brightman end up playing Yes, in phantom of the opera
6: uh yes she played a part
2: sometimes my musical theater knowledge astounds even
6: (laughs) it seems like we're uncovering some sort of conspiracy yeah this
2: cabal of what did weber valerie elliott and sarah brightman know about each other well Well, that's the hot gossip (laughs) oh boy okay wait a minute weren't sarah brightman and weber dating or or married no no
4: that now nope. that's hot oh, gossip. Boy.
1: Oh boy!
2: Oh, this it's sounds the like hottest. It's scalding gossip. Fact checker, Chris. I can get into this. He's
1: going to look into to it. the fact poll. <laughs> oh wait, they were married. They married and divorced.
2: Married in seventy one, divorced in eighty three. Just enough time to stay married to get these musicals made.
4: They were married at the time. I think we're getting to the bottom. Was of Was she guys. ever in? She was in the musicals. In in the Cats. original.
1: Oh my gosh.
4: Oh put Sarah Brightman down.
1: It's Brightman's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bri- this is this is all going to land on Sarah Brightman oh, unfortunately.
4: This is incredible.
1: Okay, so I have a little um theory that's in this space. They started reviews of cats and it wasn't going well and they didn't have their big number and that's when Lloyd Webber used memory which was that the melody of memory, and, yeah. he, and he used another T.S. Eliot poem One that was wasn't not there. in the books. Yeah. I have a feeling Andrew Lloyd Webber knew this music, musical would be a failure, but he had this ace in the hole, which was this incredible melody of memory, which is it's an incredible song. It's an incredible yes. song, and that key change, and if it's done by the right person you go home singing it, and that's what people go to a musical for. They want to just go home with that tune in their head. And it could have been anything. It could have been Hats. It could have been Hats the musical. <laughs> and and if the song Memory was in there, it would be successful. I would love to I see agree.
4: Hats the musical with Diane Keaton.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's genius. I think you're right, because that that song as good as it is, is so out of place with the rest of the musical. It Not that, that that's a problem, you're right, it saves the musical, but it sounds nothing in any way, musically, lyrically, like anything at It else. has All.
5: so
6: much heart, and the rest of the musical has zero heart. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm just jimble jams, and I <laughs> like scratching up my timble Who's <laughs> <Ooh, laughs> Mr. Buggle cum? Mr.
0: Cum
6: I'm memory on the board and I also have to say um, that's a beautiful song and I liked a lot the new song that they added to the, mu- to, the t- to the movie version of
4: the, tellers, the
1: yeah. one. Yeah. yeah to be
6: honest I did tear up during both those moments
4: yeah I, I mean anything that doesn't sound like what the musical sounds like <laughs> is great <laughs> is what is what we're saying
2: <laughs> we were talking when we were watching about how it felt like a uh staged improvised musical where that someone can we get a suggestion (laughs) of something you'd see around the house (laughs) a cat all right here we go (laughs) i'm bramble dingy and i don't do dishes uh yes
4: i wish that was it I,
1: i i also want to throw on the board um the names of the cats (laughs) <laughs>
4: mm. yeah silly I, names I might
2: fight you on this yeah. I, I like that's
4: the them. only thing saving it but sure Jenny
2: Annie Buttons
4: Jenny Annie Dots oh Jenny Annie well
2: never mind I take it back mine's better
4: um, yes let's put the names up I also think we need to talk about the special uh, the visual effects
6: Oh, this is a big yeah. one, yeah, uh,
4: according to la Times uh, article, Tom Hooper's adaptation, which presents viewers with the faces of Judy Dent and Judy Dent, and McKellen, uh, all the famous people, uh, edited onto bodies with quote digital fur, human hands, and human breasts, not to mention human face cockroaches. no patch can fix that <laughs> with its grotesque design choices and busy metronomic editing cats is as uneasy on the eyes as a Hollywood spectacle can be, tumbling into an uncanny valley between mangy realism and dystopian artifice.
2: My understanding, and I I think there's some evidence for this, but I don't know that it's 100% fact, is that Tom Hooper didn't want them to wear motion capture suits because they thought it would be distracting, but instead just put them in cotton onesies Which is the same thing, but instead it didn't have the effect that the CGI animators could do easily latch the effects to them. So that's why I think it's. That and the fact that they, didn't they speed up the release date so the deadline was a lot sooner? I yeah. feel so badly for those animators. Oh, oh my yeah. God.
6: I also heard that their budget got cut after the studio saw an early cut of the movie. <laughs> they were like, oh, we're going to pull out a little bit of this budget. <laughs> yes. not going to okay. throw
2: good money after bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. They, they abandoned him.
6: And we saw a cut that had been repaired yeah. in some ways because they had released it, right? And then gone back and redone some of the effects.
2: And that being said, I, I was actually impressed sometimes with the way the fur looked because it didn't look like hair. It looks like my cat's fur. And to think that that was put on them without any visual aid markers blows my mind. I thought maybe it was prosthetic at times. I guess some of it is. But. And
6: to that point I thought the cats like Judy Dench um, with the big furry faces looked awesome. It's just um, like the Idris Elba's oh. when he was just so um, smooth slick, and yeah. it, it was so I, and, then, and then Victoria too it was so yeah, alien. She, yeah. and, and that's when you hit on the uncanny valley which is a term I just love and maybe we can just throw that whole concept on the oh, board. Right. Why is it that he, the human brain is so upset by um this concept of something that's so close to reality but is a little bit off. That's the, the general idea. Yeah, it is. And that's valley. like
2: you know, like no judgment, but sometimes when you see people with certain types of plastic surgery it cues that uncanny value thing where you're just you there's something subconscious that you're reacting to that just doesn't feel right. Just to sort
1: of clarify for the audience at home, in the in the Wikipedia, in aesthetics, the uncanny valley is a hypothesized relationship between the degree of an object's resemblance to a human being and the emotional response to such an oh. object. Oh. So it's sort of oh. a scale.
6: So we are winding down with our time to put stuff up on the board. What you have any last ones you want to throw up? Well, Dogs. I I just yes, I, I do <laughs> I do want to make sure we have budget up,
4: Amanda, and of course Universal Picture budget cuts, I should say, and Universal Pictures, who's the studio behind it for making those budget cuts and mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. Um, having the. Uh, The whole uh, trust issue.
2: What's the big idea behind it? The uh, dog. Let's talk dogs. Well, dogs are the enemies of cats, and it's hard not to think that dogs are somehow behind this whole (laughs) thing, Even, (laughs) even below Weber. Valerie Ellett and Sarah Brightman like maybe they've got a dog oh. at home that was really pulling the strings mm, and like, they've you yeah. know Big Dog is out to get Little Cat oh, so to use big a, dogs.
1: To, to use a yeah. musical analogy like dogs are the Bialy stock and Bloom of this operation where they're trying to sink they're trying to intentionally, they're the masterminds trying to sink yeah. the identity of cats.
4: I think we can definitely consider that. Um, there's not a lot of factual evidence <laughs> backing it, but we well, can there, put there it up. There
2: wouldn't be would there, Rebecca. <laughs> that's, that's how good they are.
4: I do think we can also, going off of that, put cats versus dogs. Just that whole. Why is that rivalry? even a rivalry? I mean, it's funny
2: how it, this movie ends on that too. With Judy, like the whole climax of the movie is gone and done, and she's just. By the way, I'm going to take five minutes just to say <laughs> cats are not dogs.
6: I, I I have something in that vein, and I'm totally throwing myself under the bus. Uh-huh. I'm literally wearing a shirt with the embroidered cat peeking out of a pocket, <laughs> but I want to put up cat people Mm, because as i know because matt and i are cat people we love cats and andrew lloyd weber obviously a cat person Mm, he's biased and so we think like these cats need to be celebrated like all i do is watch youtube videos about cats like i want cat content (laughs) here's some
4: actual like statistics um according to my modern met poll Pet owners consist of 62% of the U.S. population. There are mm. 78 million dog owners in the U.S. versus 86 million cat owners. Wow. Yes. it's not even close. But according to a, a Today article, 75% of people in general like dogs a lot and only 41% like cats a
6: lot. Well, it's an elite club. <laughs> it's more like it's more like cats only like 41% of people. Right.
2: And you can't just you can't just be a cat owner. You have to kind of you kind of have to qualify.
6: <laughs> no, apparently
4: not. There's way more cats than dogs
2: right Mm. but to really like them to appreciate yeah i mean it's a fine one here's
4: what i think more people have cats but then when you have a cat you like them less so that's why you get the 41 (laughs) percent
2: yeah well i I mean that's true uh, our cats are just a menace She's
4: horrible so i amanda i have two more things and i'm gonna make it really quick one of them is too many famous people in the in the movie and it just throws you off because it's like Taylor Swift is a cat. No, Taylor Swift is a superstar, but like maybe that Victoria woman could have been a cat. Cause I had never seen her. Um, can I throw
1: one more thing on the board? Okay. Yeah. I just think we should put, um, C sharp on the board, the note. That's the, that's the note that Jennifer Hudson hits. It's the high note of the key change. And I think honestly, you can all distill it down to if they nail that moment, they can justify so much because mm. it really is the most moving moment. And if you take that moment away from the musical, it might not have been as popular. It might not have been a sensation and they might not have tried to make millions and millions of dollars off of it.
6: Okay. Uh, I think we're good.
1: Should I run it down?
6: Yeah, please run it down.
1: Okay. Who's the to blame? Tom Hooper, Anne Hathaway, <laughs> the Jennifer Hudson card, forced, Addition of plot slash square peg into a round hole syndrome. Andrew Lloyd Webber, the modern audience. T.S. Eliot's widow, Valerie Eliot. Sarah Brightman, memory and the The (laughs) C-sharp. The names of the cats, visual effects, uncanny valley effect, budget cuts, universal pictures, dogs, cats versus dogs. Cat people, and star fucking. And cat fucking. Mm.
4: I think right off the boor- off the bat, we can take the Jennifer Hudson card out uh, yeah. because I think the C-sharp memory C-keep effect her. is oh, yeah. is more That's strong. True. She's not the first one to sing it well, but she's the best. Am I right? Mm. We can also probably take dog's conspiracy off the board.
2: Uh, Matt. Uh, Matt? I'll allow it. But, you know, <laughs> spoken like a dog, just so you know.
6: I think we could also take off Well, cats versus dogs, Yeah, because that seems to go hand. We're just having some fun. Yeah, hand in hand. I want to keep on cat people for now, because I do think that sort of ties into T.S. Eliot. I do agree
1: with you. What about
2: the modern audience? I don't think they ever got a chance. They probably would be to blame, but we'll never know.
4: Yeah.
1: No, I think you're right.
4: I think you're right.
1: I also want to give uh, Valerie Eliot, get her off the hook.
2: She can't be Um, blamed for the
4: sort well, of a person. I don't person. think so. I don't think so, guys. She's Ooh. she's got all the cards like she she really set this disaster off. Put it this
1: way though, like um, Andrew Lloyd Webber is like one of the most prolific and incredible music you know musical theater people in the world. Wouldn't you just Trust that he would take care of uh, this IP for you. Like, why would you? you I,
4: know mean, I mean, Amblin is one of the, mm, yeah. bi- you know, is a big dog too. Well, that's I would trust. That's Amblin. why I
6: think that she folds into Andrew Lloyd Webber because she may have made a bad call. But Andrew Lloyd Webber let his sick fantasy, uh, he unleashed it on the world. I, I'm sorry,
4: it was Disney that had approached her beforehand.
6: Um, I'll go ahead and say we could take off Anne Hathaway. Yes.
2: No. She was just doing her job. Although
6: I would like to see her in the alarmist jail at some point.
4: <laughs> I'm sure we she's can... got
2: a lot of offenses we can get her. Yeah. Maybe Ma-
4: for terrible Oscar speeches. Oh my gosh. It yeah. came true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it came true. Well, oh, you know like what? We're put her just in catching you <laughs> You know the same way Paul Newman got a lifetime achievement award even though she doesn't deserve to be in jail for this. Let's give it to her. <laughs> 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 Honorary alarmist
1: jail. I really like that idea.
4: Um I think that the names of cats can be taken off.
1: Yeah,
2: I agree.
4: And I also think that the the, the star fucking aspect, um, I, I hate that part of Hollywood because I do think that it really takes you out of uh of, of a story. <laughs> the only thing is that this sh- movie had no story. <laughs> So um Yeah and that's kind So of that a, really didn't take it that's out
2: That's kind of a sub blame because that star fucking is ultimately either the responsibility of the studio or Tom Hooper because they made yeah. that choice.
4: Yeah. yeah. So we can take that off. Um so we've still got uh, Tom Hooper, you know the addition of the plot. Uh, Sarah Brightman, memory, the song with the C
6: sharp, uh,
2: visual effects. Sarah Brightman go?
6: Yeah, I think she can go.
1: I want to. I think we should take off budget cuts, honestly, because if, if it was decent, they would have. They
2: wouldn't have. Taken yeah, off the they probably would have given it more money.
6: I think we can maybe fold memory C sharp into Lloyd Webber. Yeah, he made the choice. I mean, this is really coming down
2: to Weber and Hooper, I think.
6: In in which case, I do also think forced addition of plot, square, peg into round hole syndrome, can
4: go. It's another
2: sub-blame, because it's...
6: Yeah, and
4: and that's more on the studio for forcing that on
2: something that doesn't have Did they force that, or was it
4: Hooper? Uh, It's hard. uh, I don't know. I'd have to read their emails. Normally,
2: I would never side on the studio side, but I do think that Hooper kind of had free reign with this because of his success on Les Mis and they were just like, yeah, go do your thing. So my guess would be to put most of this on his plate, but I don't know if that's right.
6: Well, I think we could, I don't know, maybe we could get rid of Universal and kind of say that Hooper was the top of the totem pole. I, I Right. Yeah, we can
4: do that wow. and also take visual effects because they were doing the best yeah. they could yeah. with the the budget and, you know, they were doing someone else's vision. Yeah.
6: That's true. That is true. And don't forget about the big slap.
2: Right.
4: I, and I also think at this point we can take cat people off. Yeah.
1: So I have a theory. I have an uncanny valley. I would like to take that off only because it blames the victims. Us. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
6: I love that. Okay, so we're down to Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tom Hooper. This is
2: tough. I, I is don't tough. know where I fall because Hooper took something, like you said, it was a fruit tarp made a bit of poop. But he also didn't put any fruit in. He put more poop in. And he just made a poop tart. That's a great point. Or at least Uh, Weber's was a great point. And
6: I have to say that, okay, say what you will about Cats the Musical. I know it's a triggering subject for you, Rebecca, but Uh there is a time and a place for Cats the Musical. It is of an era, Mm -hmm. you know, and trends like that don't always age well and they don't always translate well. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know whose idea was it to make then that a, a movie.
2: Yeah, well, it, must it was have been someone's his.
6: idea before it oh. got into Tom Hooper's lap.
2: Right, but he got it was into
4: Universal it. Pictures,
2: and Tom they Hooper? wanted
4: to make money oh, because right. Les Mis and all those other movies were so successful. And I want to say uh,
6: Greatest Showman yes, had been right. such a huge hit. What? Let me ask um, us this because I think this question is going to take us in the right direction. Do you think there was any possibility that a movie adaptation of Cats could have been good? Yes. Good question. I actually do think like a Baz Luhrmann Mm. version
4: of Cats would have been awesome.
6: Well, there's our answer. It's more Tom Hooper than it is universal.
2: Yeah, I think I went into this thinking I wanted to blame Lloyd Webber, but you're right. That musical was of its time, and the proof is in the pudding. People love that thing. No one's walking yeah. away saying I love the movie.
6: Well, I <laughs> Actually, Except for Amanda. I, I didn't say I loved it. It has stuck with me and I did cry twice. I know a couple <laughs> people. <laughs> I want to know what it the two moments you, you cried she were. She told you it was
1: the Ghost Memory and Memory oh, and the yeah, Ghost, the ghost right, right. Um,
6: Song. I'm living with ghosts or whatever. It's gorgeous. I'll play it under mm-hmm. the after the cats. But I think I I think Cooper.
2: I think that's where I am too.
4: I'm, I'm, for me, it's going to take a lot to
2: change my
4: mind. I think we put Tom Hooper in jail and we give Andrew Lloyd Webber the slap. Boy, that
2: sounds good, right? Yeah, that sounds about right.
6: And um, may I nominate the one and only Jennifer Hudson for the big clap?
2: I love it. Oh, yes, yes, we have to. That's a great idea. Uh,
6: Okay, I'm calling
4: it. Jennifer Hudson, you're getting the big clap. Andrew Lloyd Webber, you're getting the big slap. Tom Hooper, you're going to the alarmist jail, baby. I mean, what a terrible disaster this was and... Thank you so much, Matt, for really helping us get to the bottom of Cats the Movie.
2: Thank you for having me, and I look forward to watching Nine Lives starring Kevin Spacey and Jennifer Garner <laughs> and discussing it on this program.
1: As soon as possible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing tonight? All that I wanted.
4: After Cats the Disaster, to be in its opening weekend, Cats made just $6 million you domestically. Worldwide, its total earnings amounted to just under $74 million. This was a $20 million loss for Universal Pictures, as it's estimated that their total budget for the movie was $95 million. It's unclear if Tom Hooper will ever work again. According to his IMDb page, he has no films in production.
1: And the memories were lost long ago
3: But at least you have beautiful ghosts.
4: Damn it, Taylor, you're making me cry. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at thealarmistthe on Twitter, at thealarmistpodcast on Instagram, or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Tulsa Massacre.